How you living? How you feeling? How you doing? It is the L-E-F-K-O-E Men. And there are certain podcasts in my history that the real listeners know are lost somewhere in the ether. They are in outer space. Uh, The famous Golden Gates episode with Sims back in the day. We'll never find it. We don't know where it is. And it happened again about a month ago. Uh, I had Chris Vernon on from The Mismatch from down there in Memphis. He's an icon. And we did an hour podcast. I started off by, by saying his name in different ways. We talked about the way he came up and it got lost. It's somewhere amongst the stars in cosmic dust. And for some fucking reason, this guy decided to come back again. So I'm glad you came back. I was worried you weren't going to do it. I'm going to tell you this. If you weren't on TNT, there is no chance I'd be on I get it. Yeah. I I mean, you're famous now. So, I mean, like. I'm famous. I'm talking to the guy who just got done the Masters updates. I I didn't even realize (laughs) the timing lined up. I I texted you. This is like getting like LeBron after the finals. Uh, This was going on in Augusta. What'd you figure? You figure I was going to be doing Jimmy Fallon today instead? <laughs> they didn't call. <laughs> they didn't uh, call. How did, how did that whole thing start? Because it, it, it's know, a beautiful radio bit. I just want to know yeah, the idea behind it. That's what it was. It was a radio bit. And I, I would love to be able to have some great story of how it all started. But we pro- I guess it was about 10 years ago. Um, and I guess... I guess I just uh, I guess I just came up with that one line and I think it just basically started with the that's what's going on in Augusta. And then I would kind of go through the leaderboard Um, Mm. and then it's evolved more and more over the years. But, yeah, I mean, like we when I I would guess I so I went to this radio station uh, as an AM radio station and it had a thousand watts when I went to it. And so I, I walked away from so what how was far it? does that mean? A thousand watts? Like where I mean, it was not like you, you could, you could catch it throughout Memphis, but you need to be in a good area of town and do mm. not be by power lines. I mean, gotcha. there the static was always an issue, always an issue. And yeah. so I left to go start this station um, they were gonna that they built, but it only had like a thousand watts, and so we uh, at the time, you know, I mean, it was crazy. I, I there are times now my my producer has everything archived, and I was just doing everything, like you name it, I was doing it back back then because I was. What was just, an idea you had back then that you thought was genius that now you look back at and you're like, what the fuck was I? Thinking? Oh, it's not. I mean, look, it's not genius, but I'll tell you that I did a, uh, I did not even remember this, but mm. on Friday, my producer on our show said, Hey, I've got something for you. Cause we were having a conversation about DMX passing away. Mm. And he said, this is from, 2011 and i did a bit called dmx football picks and it was like this (laughs) so the whole bit was i would come on and like this dmx football picks you know and i would mark and so then but i would just pick anybody that had a dog in their name Mm. right so if it was mississippi state georgia the bulldogs yeah 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 yeah. and so we're going on and on and i (laughs) i swear I had 
absolutely no recollection of that. But I did like, I mean, stuff like that happened all the time because it was just every day I was trying to come up with something that in the case somebody was driving around in their car, they would go, what the hell is this? And so that's kind of how the master's update started. I knew if somebody was driving around in their car, they'd be like, what is this? Yeah. Yes. So I, 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 I was doing big on the, the podcast whole- now. Like, yeah. like I, I, I was reading this article about, um, what is it? Uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. Mm-hmm. And now how, now they have to do a podcast and now they have to think of ideas. Yes. Yeah. And I'm listening to you making daily, like local content. I had to do it on TV. You were doing it on radio, doing one or two podcasts a week. It's yeah. like, man, when you had to do that every single day. That's I why still kids, do it, but I'm sure I still, I still do it. But it is it is a much different monster now because of things being on demand and in which the format we did it. You got to remember when I'm doing that and then I moved into. So I at that time we're doing I'm just trying to get as many listeners as I can. Then I moved to an FM station. And when we were there. You're doing it, it, your ratings are PPM. So that is every whatever, 15 minutes or whatever it was. So, I mean, I was constantly attempting to every 15 minutes have those moments where people were driving by and whether it was a conversation or whether it was a guest or whether it was a bit or whether it was something going on that would get them to stop and listen for some amount of time. And it was very difficult. You were hoping for the Wayne's world moment. You were hoping for the guy driving by in his limo going, who are these guys? Yes, that's right. And then when I moved, when I moved uh, more into podcasting, um, it was very hard because I got a lot of, especially even the early days before me and Kevin were together, I was doing an NBA show there and I was doing a college football show uh, when Bill first got the ringer podcast thing going. And it was very difficult for me to break out of the, I don't have to entertain these people every Mm. 15 minutes. And so I got a lot of blowback on this is just a, you know, this is a radio guy. This uh, sounds like a blow up radio. You know what I mean? Because I was trained to constantly be, on 10, not 10, but like, so what you had like this internal timer where like, yeah. you're like, Oh, this isn't enough. I need to do something not controversial. A, not necessarily a timer. Just, I had an awareness of a, uh, I had an awareness of the, the extreme energy on which I brought to mm. something. Right. So, I mean, I was doing these shows and, I was, I I mean, my energy would just be, as soon as that light went on, my energy would just be so high. And that's the difference that in the podcast world, that's just not so I need it. I Mm. I don't need to have that kind of, you know, energy throughout the entire time. Um, Plus I'm older now. I mean, you got to remember that was like my late twenties and early thirties. And I was just, I mean, I was I was in Memphis, but I was going to make sure people knew who I was, you know? Did you get that advice from someone or did you just kind of learn it yourself? I didn't have anybody that was good for me, honestly. Uh, oh, the, the podcast thing was Bill Simmons. Absolutely. What do you, how do you say Because I, ter- I was terrified. 
I was terrified because I was this like, is like this your is, big, this is like your big national yeah, break. I was time. like, this guy, I was like, I was like, because I, all I got was hate uh, initially, initially, all I got was hate. People hated me. And I was like, this the guy's going to get rid of me. He's going to get rid of me. Like, I'm like, I'm going to blow this thing before I even get my feet on. I, these, I, these people aren't even giving me a chance to get better. Mm. And one of the things he said to me, he was like, look, like, you're great. I believe in you. He's like, you just need to understand that, like, it doesn't have to be like radio. And so he kind of taught me through that. I, but in terms of the radio thing, I didn't have any guidance. I mean, like, I, nobody. Uh, nobody ever helped me a bit. The, most of these people that are at radio, radio people are the stupidest people on earth. And they just, and it's filled with people that try to keep their jobs for 30 yeah. years, making $35,000 a year. It's ridiculous. I mean, they don't help nothing. And they're all suits and they're all corporate and they're all your buddies until corporate calls them and then they stab you in the back. I just, uh, they, none of them know dick about anything. They can't help That's you been be my experience better. too. Like they can't help you be better at anything. Nothing. And I mean, that's, I that's now my dream is that you get some lifetime Memphis radio award. And you go up there and you go, you go, you go, you know yeah. who I'd like to Trash thank? Them all. Absolutely yeah, nobody. nobody. Myself. <laughs> I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to thank myself. And maybe my first program director, because um, mm. this guy, his name was Dan. And Dan was everything I did. I'm talking everything I did sucked everything <laughs> like if i did something on air i would feel so good i'd be like hey dan did you hear that he'd be like yeah i heard it was boring as shit you know and i'd be like what or i would go and like book a guest um so like nobody was ever really like booking guests in memphis and so i was going after like the biggest the biggest guest i could possibly get i was getting them. so i'd be like uh Dan, you know, I, I'm trying to think of something like I'd be like, uh, I got Mickey Mantle's going to be on the show tomorrow. Right. And he'd be like, oh, you'll probably F it up. And then I'd have like Mickey Mantle on and he would like, come on. And I talked to Mickey Mantle for like 20 minutes and he'd be like, uh, yeah, that was. Yeah. what?" I'm like, what? Like, I mean, like there's Did he nothing. Ever turn. Did he ever say no. he had... never? No. That's just who he is. No, he left. He left. He ended up going like somewhere else. I love that the guy, one guy that you would thank is the guy that shit on everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had. Everything I, I did. Literally every, like everything. There was nothing I did that was good. Nothing. Like mm. I got no like positive feedback. <laughs> and so I was just like, you know, at that point, I was like, all right, like this, this business is just full of a bunch of friggin' haters. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, that goes by what we talk about a lot, uh, David and I, whiplash, where the worst thing you could say to somebody is good job, and it's good it, to push them and stuff. And I can't imagine what that guy, Dan, Oh, no, 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 no. This guy, this guy was not doing this to motivate me. This guy I'm not was giving it. him credit. I'm just saying it may <laughs> have not, had the effect. It did. It did. Yes. But he was not trying to bring the best out of me. No. He was just, he was just, he was a, just miserable, a hater. He was, no, he was a miserable guy. Like all time, just miserable. And his I assistant was miserable too. You know what I mean? They're both like in their like, I don't know, probably mid to late 40s at the time. I'm just like mm. out of college. And I mean, they were mm. terrible. 
What was, what was your, do you have a favorite moment when you were doing terrestrial radio? Like uh, whether it was a guest or whether it was an event that you're like, man, that, that was the first one that came back to your mind right there as you're thinking. The, the Western conference finals, uh, when the Grizzlies made it that run that they Mm -hmm. made to the Western conference finals when, uh, I mean, it was just, it was, Nothing like that had happened before, you know, NBA-wise. And you just had the whole city. You had the whole city on on lock. I mean, we had a – I think it was – I want to say it was a, the, our demo or whatever. That period, we had like a 19.7. Golly. Yeah. It was because you like, were saying in our last we had the whole interview, city. We had the whole, I felt we had the whole city on lock. I really felt like like that because was you were case. Sa- I, you said in our last interview that you got there right when the Grizzlies got right. there, and this that's was your chance to be like the NBA guy because that nobody was else was playing in that space no, yet. No, it's like in so any that, in, in any market you move to, there was there was an older guy who was kind of like the historical guy, right? So he could give you a historical perspective on everything that was going to take place. Um, There was a guy that was the Memphis Tigers basketball guy. There was a guy who was the SEC football guy. And so Mm -hmm. there were these different, there was the different segments around town, these different hosts, and they were all kind of known for that's what I get when I tune into them. But I kind of, I had a, I had a quick realization that if I just dove in and I went to every press conference and every game and, like I could be there from day one to where nobody was going to be able to say that they, you know, were at or had more experience being around that franchise than I did. And it, and it did play to my, play to my benefit, you know, outside of, you know, there were, there were downtown years where they lost a ton and it wasn't, it wasn't great to be the Grizzlies guy, but when, when it hit, and when it uh, when it hit, and all of a sudden you're on a seven year run of making the playoffs every year, and you mm. got some epic series. You know, you got Mike Conley in a broken face playing against the Warriors. You've got uh, you've got uh, them going up against KD and and James Harden and 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 Russell Westbrook multiple times. You've got them knocking off the Spurs as an eight seed when the Spurs were a one seed. Um, I mean, like they were not, so it wasn't like, it wasn't like they were just good. It was good. The whole city loved, loved, loved these guys. And you have these moments that are like forever for sport. And so I'm in the middle of it for seven years. We're in the middle of that. And it's not, and it's not like Atlanta Hawks 60 win season. No. It's grindhouse. Yes. It's like there's the there's because there's something about being a small market in the NBA, but also being the small market that says none of y'all want to fucking come here That's because right. you're going to leave bruised and battered. There's That's an identity. Right. What like I, it probably yes. took over the whole did the city give the team that identity or did the uh, the team give the city that identity? Oh, no. You know what I well, mean? I, I, well, look, the, the city kind of already had this kind of blue collar feel, feeling yeah. about it, but it all began. And this is this is how 
um, I, I, I know I got a lot, a lot of awareness back in whenever that was like 13, I guess it was 2013 was Tony Allen, uh, after a game against Oklahoma city, no less was in Oklahoma city. And after the game, he, on the post-game interview, he said, it's just all hard, grit, grind. And when he said that, we played it on the show over and over again. Well, as, as the months went on, there, if you, everybody's favorite guy started to become Tony, who I now work mm. with. But, every, but there was no jersey. There was no T-shirt. There was no nothing. And so I made Tony Allen T-shirts, these all heart grit grind T-shirts with just his head on it. And I would say, I would say a very large percentage of the national basketball writers and whoever still have theirs probably to this day, I sent one to everybody and we sold, and then we sold them on the street before playoff games. Yes. Hustling. And that we ended up selling thousands and thousands and thousands and like they ended up all over the globe. And for those runs after that, every city the Grizzlies would go play in, you would see people in the Tony Island shirt, no matter where they mm. were. It was crazy. It was Is it was he madness. the most beloved Grizzly of all time? I'd say Zebo. Zebo's probably. Zebo. Yeah, I would say Zebo. Zebo and Tony are kind of like together, and then Conley and Gasol are kind of together. But those mm. four, those core four, as they call them here, those core four guys, those guys, they're all, I mean, they are all beloved forever. You know what I mean? No, and I think that's why, son. I think that's why it's, it's so funny because, you know, when, when people get into like the, the rings culture or whatever, like, you know, it doesn't matter if you don't win the championship. That is bull crap. It just yeah. is. Go to New it York is. and look at every day. There's a new story about Charles Oakley. Still to this day, mm. still, they didn't win. You think Charles Oakley, Patrick Ewing, Charles Smith, John Starks, I mean, those guys till the end of time, you know, are going to be beloved. And there's a lot of teams that are like that. Um, but yeah, it was seven. I had this, I had that same conversation with Wade and Candace. So sometimes the games will start and we'll have to like record a segment and like I'll miss the first five minutes. But then there's sometimes where like we get done halftime and we just end up sitting out there talking. Yep. And we were uh, when when you're next to Shaq, rings come up all the time because that's time. his conversation. He is that's the king right. of rings. Um, but Wade and Candace and I were talking about process, and we were talking about how crazy it is that you could have this incredible run where you do everything right, and a shot goes in or doesn't go in, and that is not definitive of your process. And Memphis, I think, was like the perfect example of that, where they put themselves in a position, uh, but everybody just wants to go to rings, and it's complete nonsense. Well, but here's the thing. That is a that's what the old media has but, done. No, but that is national, and that is worldwide. You know what I'm yeah. saying? That's how they will view. It's when you guys are on national TV. And, whatever, and I look, I get into the conversation, too, when you're talking about greatness of players. It certainly matters. It does. But it I'm just talking about being – it doesn't matter to anybody outside of Memphis if they think it's goofy that Tony Allen has his jersey retired. That's the whole point of all oh, of it. Yeah, Nobody yeah, yeah, cares. Yeah. It's us against the world. That was the feeling. 
right? Yeah. And so yeah. that's our guy. And what he brought to the table and what he meant to the franchise was worthy of. And so on the on like when you take a step back and we're talking who wins about in a fight like, Zebo or Tony Allen. Who? Who wins? Who wins in a fight? Yeah. I mean, look, Zebo's big, man. Zebo is big. Zebo's they're both big, man. Yeah, they're both tough. They're both tough. That's what I mean. But, I mean Tony's look, not gonna baby. stop. No, he's not going to stop, but, I mean, I'll tell you, there, there's something to be said about size. They used to have, on that 08 Celtics team, uh, they have boxing gloves in their in their locker room. Yes, man. And Big That's Baby awesome. knocked Tony out. I mean, Cold. you know what I mean? So there's a size difference. You know what I mean? Wow. There's a size thing that goes on, right? Yeah, yeah. Like They're all pretty tough, though. I w- Look, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't fight any of them. No, I wouldn't either. No. Uh, so then, so then, as someone that like sees, especially somebody like Marcus Soul, like yeah. blossom into the man he is, and now you see him on the, we see him win in Toronto, but then you see him win in the Lakers. I'm sure you're happy for him, but I'm sure like the Memphis Grizzly part of you is also like, man, come on. The I had absolutely no feelings except for extreme happiness. For him Good. winning with Toronto, with Toronto, yes. this Lakers thing, no, that's for the birds, no, 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 and now they're going to play him behind Andre Drummond, Marcus. So- oh. yeah, he didn't seem happy. He didn't seem happy. I wouldn't be either. Do you know how many times he's busted Andre Drummond's ass over the years? Yeah. yeah. I mean, and he signed up. You know, he sold the bill of goods. That, like, you know, he's there to make the other two, to enhance the other two, right? Now, truth right. be told, right. I went and looked it up. Uh, you could put me and you on the court with AD and LeBron, and we're going to have a you know, good net rating. But, I mean, the net rating yeah. with Gasol with those two is like a plus 15 per 100 possession. So, I mean, it's kind of like, look, I wasn't brought here to – do a bunch of scoring, a bunch of rebounding. It's play team defense and keep the ball moving and make the other enhance the other two. And you've replaced me. I'd be pissed. Mm. I'd be pissed too. Mm. Uh, I've been, I, every time I look at the standings, I'll every day, they are a complete jumbled mess. Oh. And it, it feels like a, it feels like a random year where like, we really don't know who the MVP is. We really don't even know who the one seed is going to be. Other than like the Jazz seem to have it in the West. Other than that, though, like I don't even know. It's all over the place. And then with the play-in tournament, it's complete craziness. Mm-hmm. You're let, let let's I just let's let's stick with the Grizzlies talk. Right now, seven, eight, nine, ten in the West is yeah. Mavericks, Grizzlies, Spurs, Warriors. Spurs won their last game, but they had gone on a, on a run of like ten straight losses. Right below the Warriors is the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious. I think it's going to be a phenomenal play-in tournament in the West. Pelicans will get phenomenal. in. Pelicans will get in, and Warriors or Spurs will drop out. My dream scenario is that the Spurs drop out, and we have both the Warriors and the Pelicans in the play Okay, listen. Uh, let me tell you this. It, now, look, on the east side, it's not going to matter because the Knicks are going to be involved, and so they're going to love that. Right, they are gonna yes. love hell or high water. The Knicks are involved in that play-in scenario. Yeah, right, right? now, just so, for everybody, the East, as we're recording this on Monday, is Celtics are all the way down at the seven. 
Celtics, right. Knicks, Pacers, Bulls, but the Knicks will be the national treasure. That's sure. right. And the Knicks are going to be there. And then if your scenario plays out, Spurs drop out, which they do have a very difficult schedule, but they drop out. I mean, imagine this if you're Adam Silver, like you're, you're deciding, is this going to be a forever thing? It will be a forever thing if it ends up Luka, Ja, Zion, Curry. Nuts. Get out of here. Get out in of one here. That's game your scenarios. play-in? That's your play-in? Yeah. yeah, if your first game is Luka versus Ja, Zion versus Steph, and then oh. let's say Zion and the Pelicans win, and let's say it's Zion versus either Ja or, or Luka to get into the playoffs, ugh. Oh, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. I swear. The Pelicans have destroyed the Grizzlies. Every time they, they have play. destroyed, is- he destroyed the Sixers the other night. And I was looking at, I was looking at some post game pre- uh, comments, and Tobias was like, "That was crazy." He no, was like, it- "I've never felt someone that strong." He goes, and he just kept coming at us. It like is the he had thirty eight last night, and he did not shoot outside the lane. I love, I love reading post game comments from teams. Again, well, like after they, playing Zion. Yeah, there is there are bad matchups, and then there is whatever the Grizzlies Pelicans is because it is. Why do you think that is? I think that there are some bad. You know, there are some bad matchups. Now, the Grizzlies have been hobbled when they have played against them. They, you know, the okay. game in the bubble. Jaron Jackson actually is the best equipped for the Zion mm. thing, simply because of the length. You know, the mm. seven foot tall guy with the long wingspan can give you some problems because that is you cannot deal with the strength. Um, I think Zion is always, you know, mega motivated because of the Zion jaw thing and jaw winning sure. rookie of the year and him being hobbled his first year and whatever else. But there's just some bad matchups around. Ingram has torched them and Zion has torched them and those guys, uh, you know, in unison have just been so, so good. And. I mean, like the last time they played, Josh Hart hit like seven or eight threes. I mean, he turns into – I mean, they Who just all – down with like 17 they, rebounds. They too. all just play amazing against the Grizzlies. It's crazy. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping like hell that that's not who the Grizzlies have to face. So when we, when we recorded last time, I said the team that I really liked coming out of the All-Star break was Denver. Then mm. they make the trade. They yep. won like eight in a row, nine in a row. As you look in the West, the, the, everyone's saying the Clippers, they've won five in a row. They just had a nine-game homestand that's just not sustainable. They're just different home and away. The Suns look really solid. The Nuggets are now in fourth. The Lakers are back in fifth. Who was your real team in the Western Conference? And and I, I never even bring up the Jazz. I don't know why. I, just, I, I never even mentioned them. Who was the team that you trust the most in the West? Uh, are, you, are we assuming that... LeBron and AD are healthy. Well, I, I don't want to assume that because that's not real. I want to assume that AD and LeBron come back in like a week or two, and there is a process of getting up to full speed. So there's. But by the time we start the playoffs, they're fine. They're at, they're you know they're post injury fine, so they're like ninety percent. Okay, yeah, nobody's beating them four out of seven games. Really? No, come on. No, nobody's beating them four out of seven games. LeBron, I mean, look, we just saw it last year. They, their supporting cast is better this year. They played with a load of crap really? last year and won the thing. Yes. 
I don't know. I but thought Dwight at Rondo, and JaVale. At Rondo was their third best player. Yeah, I just thought and that JaVale and Dwight made them just such a dominant defensive force around the basket that it allowed those guys to kind of range out more. And no offense to your guy, Mark, I just don't trust him as much, and I don't trust Drummond as much. But What about Harold? <laughs> I'm dying. Can you repeat what you what said one more time? What about Harold? Yeah, I do love Harold. I do love Montrez. I mean, I just think that. So they, you think it's? I, I I think when those two guys are healthy, in the end, it's foolishness. We do this every year. It's yeah, foolishness right. to bet against this guy. And I will say, I do think that the the recent Paul George greatness is very promising towards the Clippers. Mm. I mean, because in the end, you if you've got if you get him playing at an All NBA level, I mean. They've got two guys that could theoretically, as long as he's not playoff P, uh, yeah. they got two guys that could be you. We know Kawhi Leonard could be the best player in any series. He can. And yeah. so that's the thing. You look at these guys and you say, how many of them have the guy that you're going to look up at the end and you can say that was the best player in the whole series. And mm. I mean, it's hard, you know, stars win. In this league, and they do. They do. when you've got LeBron and AD, you know, at least they're bringing Kawhi and Paul George to the fight. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, they just passed the Nets going into today in terms of offensive efficiency. They're now number one in the NBA. They can shoot them like the Jazz, so they have that capability. But, okay, so then in the East, Sixers, Nets, Bucks. Everybody else is what it feels like right now. And then That's we true. see how bad the Bucks are without Giannis when they don't have the only, Giannis. And the only other oof. one, because I'm not, I don't believe in this version of the Celtics. The only other one that's down there below them that you could heat. Yes. You could foresee them yeah. beating somebody for sure. I mean, they could do have it. You looked at the heat schedule this year. The heat have gone, the heat have gone like win five, lost four, <laughs> win six, lost four. Yeah. I, I asked Wade and he goes, they're a 500 team. He's yeah. like, that's what they are. He's like, they are a team that you are what your record is right now. And they can't figure it out, but yeah. they're but, scary. But you just know that they've yeah. got, they got some real toughness and they got some battle tested guys. And when you get into a playoff series, they are going to be a, at, at least an extremely hard out. Whereas I don't know if you say that about any of those other Charlotte, Atlanta, but I mean, Boston at least has guys that have some pedigree. They've played in three Eastern Conference Finals, you know. Uh, they just they just need to play only on Sundays because this I is know. what the second Sunday in a row where they've come back from like yes. down twenty and one. But Sixers Nets, let's say it came Sixers Nets Bucks. If you had to bet money right now, who would you pick? I would pick. Um, I mean, the Nets seem obvious, but yeah, no, it's uh, now again. If we're assuming everybody's healthy, the, yeah. the Nets thing, especially when they've added the guy, you know, the 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 thing is when you have those guys, what's going to hurt is is depth, and then they were just able to add some depth because of mm. stupid buyout market, and so I do You're not a think. Fan, huh? uh, no, I'm not. I'm not a fan at all. I mean, because especially because you see those guys that got bought out from their contracts and all of a sudden they put on a Nets jersey and they can dunk and they can play defense and they come with intensity. And that 
that annoys me. That annoys me, right? They, they, they dog it. They obviously are dogging it, right? And then they get their buyout, and then they go latch on to somebody that doesn't even need them, that doesn't move the needle really at all, right? Their destiny is not going to be decided by these guys. And yeah, so they're going to be responsible for one big game in the playoffs. Yeah. 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 And so I I'm not know. as upset as you because just, I, if me. I was Blake Griffin, I would be pissed. I would be pissed if I signed a five-year extension and the first yeah. year got traded to Detroit. I would be pissed. I get it. No, I, I get it. And he I'm, tried. Well, did you, though? When you did. That I mean, first it, year, I, he was like an all-star. No, like no, no. He, that, he was an all-NBA. Yeah. He's all-NBA, right? Yeah. But, I mean, maybe, maybe if you played, you know, and you play hard, like you, you'd have some trade value too, uh, and they could help you maybe true. get out of there in another way. Instead, come on, man, he hadn't dunked. He had dunked twice, I think they said, in his last hundred games as a Piston. His first possession is a death. He's tomahawking so it, like bro, get out of here. Like that's ridiculous. So yeah, that annoys me. I will say, Philly is the best chance, in my opinion. I Philly's know. the best chance because of the size. Right. So with these teams that love to fly up and down and play offense, um, and you saw this in the past, you think about where you go, you go back to those Grizzlies teams that played against the Warriors, played against Oklahoma City, whatever. So how were they able to do it? The way they did it was because they got more possessions. You don't have to shoot as high a percentage. You don't have to be as offensive right. as potent if you get more possessions. So they miss a shot. They get the rebound. You miss a shot, right. they get the rebound, right? And so, and this is how with uh, you know Ibaka and uh, with uh, with Adams and and KD when they went big that Oklahoma City team, they were just crushing them on the boards. Uh, 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 the Warriors. This is what's scary That's how they the got Sixers. up. And so, can you play them? I could see the Sixers getting these games to slow down. Play somebody in the 90s, low 100s, yeah. and you've got a chance. Because if you want to do the we run a play, you run a play thing, that gets offensive guys very frustrated. And it also makes them a lot easier to defend than when they're flying up and down the court. What's been scaring me about the Sixers is I thought they were going to make a bigger move. And really, Seth Seth Curry and Danny Green are their shooters now. And that's really all they got from a shooter perspective. And this is Seth Curry, the last few games from three. One of five, O of two, one of five, one of five, two of five. Like, nah, he just but, goes through these spurts Yeah, sometimes. but he'll hit him. I'd be much more worried about Simmons. That game against the Grizzlies a week ago, I mean, it was just like he was – it's a, it's, it just wasn't even involved. It was bizarre, bizarre. Talk about and streaky. What do you what do you think that's a, what do you think I, that is? I mean, I don't know. If I saw my no, ex that, on, no, that uh, was somebody I, that has a theory. I mean, if I saw my ex on Instagram all the time with Devin Booker, it'd drive me crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean, but see, like, wouldn't would that it, make you motivated? Wouldn't that make you angry? Be like, no, yeah. it would upset you. Oh, I mean. If your ex I mean, is I a guess I, I, I would just have to block them both. But then I have to block yeah. TMZ. I have to block everything. <laughs> that's an interesting theory. So you and your co-host, your co-host oh, thinks that he shoots with the wrong hand. And you think 
I am, here's what I'm doing. I am projecting. I'm projecting onto him. I'm saying if it were me, I might not be in the best shape. You know what I mean? To perform like at my pop a shot with Devin Booker. That's tough. That, that's very annoying to me. It's very annoying if I'm. <laughs> I see my ex girlfriend <laughs> with him. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> it's Has just like been a track man. Yeah, I mean, look, dude, breakups are terrible anyway. Like, they even – breakups are bad anyway. I, I just heard – I just heard somebody talking about it, and then they were like, oh, we don't want to talk about that on the podcast. Um, and so they just kind of moved on. But they're talking about how, I guess, uh, Cantley just had a breakup. Like, when they were talking about how he – you know, yeah, a lot of people liked him at the Masters, and he just was no good at the Masters. Yeah. Now, imagine if you're – but imagine, like – if you if you break up and then all of a sudden you got to see it, like there's just no getting away from it. It's just like because everybody's famous. That's annoying to me. I don't know. Like again, I'm and, projecting. And hold on, let, hold on. Let, no, yeah, let's keep your projections going. <laughs> and you made the All Star game, mm-hmm. but more people were talking about your ex's new boyfriend <laughs> being the most disrespected, most deserving, most underrated <laughs> guy in the NBA, getting love from your mentor. Whose agency that you're signed with? That's right. Damn, that's tough. You know. So how can we help him? How can we help Ben Simmons? Is it a new love, or is it just blocking people? You know, I think he needs to find new love. Yeah, yeah. Like whoever, whoever is the baddest chick going. I mean, I guess whoever is the second baddest chick going. <laughs> I don't that's think part she's of the- that bad. I mean, that's kind of the problem, though, right? Like, she is kind of the... Other people find her very bad. I know. I don't find her that bad. Uh, so, yeah, we guess we got to find them, Man. you know. We got to find them. We got to find them. So, I mean, look, again, everybody's... Again. Ev- oh, man, your voice is so Everybody's girl it. is not on the front row. You know what I mean? Right. Like, my that's girl's right. on the front row. She's on the and front row. And when she is, people talk about her In being my on the jersey. Front row. Yeah. She's wearing my jersey. Now you see her. She's on the front row wearing a Devin Booker jersey. Damn. It can't be. And then Devin Booker also, when they've gone head to head, Booker went off against the Sixers earlier this year, too. That's tough. That's tough. And he could do the one thing that Ben can't shoot threes. Oh, no. (laughs) And she brought, God forbid, what if she reminded him of that? You know what else you couldn't do? Okay. <laughs> um, can I ask the first time that uh, you met Kevin O'Connor, were you like, I've never gotten along. Like, have you ever gotten along with somebody like that before? Is this the first time? Cause I feel like yeah. you've met other people like that in your life and it hasn't gone well, which is why the mismatch is perfectly named. Uh, I would say, no. I, so what I, I met him, I guess we had done the podcast. I want to say for like a year or two before we ever met in person. Mm -hmm. That's great. We, I think we've only been around each other in person a few times. You know what I mean? Because there was a moment recently, it was like weeks ago where somebody was like, he's surrounded by bums and in pure KOC, he goes, He's not a bum. He is very good at dribbling with his, like something like that, defending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I was like, that right there <laughs> is where like 
Kevin wants to be like, come on, they're in the NBA. Yeah. These are great athletes. I think I think we're I, I I think we hit it off in large part because we both have generally we both have uh, the same worldview um, mm. in many ways, right? Mm. We both um, had great had great relationships with our fathers. Um, and like that father son bond of sports was something we totally. connected about. Um, we both, uh, it, we, we both uh, love our families a lot. And like, it kind of like uh, we did, we do have that in common, like a lot of the same life experiences that come with growing up in a family that loves sports, two parents that work hard all the time, um, and then and, the, and that you have this bond with them that comes along mm. with sports. That was part of it. Um, I also think that, you know, we're both the type of people that wake up in the morning and we are happy. Like something something needs to happen to get us down. But when we wake yeah. up in the morning and we also as much as I you know, goof, I see the good in people. I believe that when you, that when you prod people or when you can call people into action, you immediately see how good people truly are. Look at how many times people raise all kinds of money. Look at how many times people, you know, rally for some kind of great cause. And it's like there's all kinds of good people out there. You don't sometimes it gets drowned out by the negative, especially in social media nowadays. Totally. But that generally we both kind of view things as people are generally good. And we both have a legitimate love for basketball sports in general and most importantly i think that we both feel that we are lucky to be where we are that we are not entitled to this and that there is i mean there's not two young dudes fucking yeah. grinding you and, and, down and, and there and, doing it on radio him up there writing blogs and shit right. and it's and just it's like cute. but it's still it's still all the time I sit there. I can't be, I can't believe this, man. I had this moment. I was actually I almost got emotional. No lie. I was in it was an empty arena because this damn COVID stuff going on. But you may remember, at least maybe you saw the highlight. A couple of weeks ago, the Grizzlies played against Miami Heat. John Morant hit a uh, hit a game winner uh, scoop yep. layup game winner over Jimmy Butler at the buzzer to win the game. That was the end of the game. And right before that, uh, that sequence, the heat and we're about to come down and, and take a shot. And then the Grizzlies got it off, uh, got it off the board and then just went without taking a timeout. They were out of timeouts. But there was like, you know, one of those like in-game timeouts takes a long time, whatever. And there I am in this empty room and I'm watching this. And uh, I, vi- I mean, I remember the feeling I had sitting there and I was like, I, I cannot believe this is my job. I can't believe it. This is crazy. Now, again, I've been doing it. I mean, I started 20 years ago. I moved to Memphis, but I still have that feeling. I can't believe that this is my job. Like this is. What did best. your dad do? 
my dad was an executive for uh, Energizer Battery. He mm. was a uh, so he worked for Energizer, and that's how we kind of got moved around. Um, he was from a small town in Tennessee, not far from where I am now. And both my parents were; they were high school sweethearts. And my dad's dream was to, you know, we, I mean, it's a small, small town. His dream was to work for a Fortune 500 company. That was the thing, you know. If yeah, you, yeah, yeah. nobody from that town worked for a Fortune 500. But what company, you were saying you know? to me before we started—that he would take you to concerts and probably sporting events. That's right. Yep. That was probably his. That was joy. our thing. Yeah, that was yeah. our thing. So and now like, that's your job. Yeah, and like so, when we were when I was little, um, that was part of why I was so motivated to hang on to what I did. I my father, he was gone before I got up in the mornings, mm. and then he would come home at five or five thirty. Um, he would, I mean, he would just be so stressed out and so like just trying to decompress he would pour this huge diet coke he would just go on a go and watch like the nightly news with tom brokaw and be left alone and we weren't like gonna go out and we weren't gonna go and i was i wasn't gonna ask him to go like throw baseball or go shoot hoops or whatever like he just yeah. didn't like that wasn't i grew up in that kind of house where it was like he worked and he was stressed out and i and i had an awareness of but i also had this awareness of there's so many things that with your father, I think as you grow up, um, now that I have an 11 year old, that it's like the things that you resent actually are incredible blessings to you. Um, and I think there's a, I, I, you know, I think I've gotten a little wiser about this in my age that, you know, so many years, you know, the things that you resent. So like, because they shaped me because it was like, I'm not, gonna be that guy i'm not coming home every day from this job where i'm just stressed out all the time and uh my dad like i remember he had this terrible shoulder and he had this and he just didn't get surgery forever and it just got worse and worse and worse like he couldn't like cast a fishing rod nothing right and i'm like what and you know when i got older he told me like, he didn't get the surgery uh, because he was so scared that if he didn't show up, that they would realize they, they could, they were fine. They, somebody else could do the stuff. Mm. So why are we paying? Cause he outlasted kind of everybody, his age at that company. He was there for 35 years and most every one of his peers were gone 10 years before him. Um, and so he lasted a long time, but he didn't, you know, he sacrificed health even honestly, just because he didn't. And you would never think about that with a friggin' office job um, like he had. But that and the whole like when my son, you know, when I get home, I don't like there's a lot of things I don't feel like doing anything. But if he says like, hey, let's go throw or whatever, like I do it every single time. And it's all because these things that I, you know, wished I'd had, like it ends up shaping you as as an adult and but my father to his never any credit i have i found this during quarantine i found a bag i kept every ticket stuff and i mean adam it is i mean hundreds and hundreds and hundreds i'm talking 
everything you can imagine. Like, we, like it was St. Louis Cardinals football tickets when they had a football team before they moved to Arizona. St. Louis Cardinals. And then we had season tickets to the St. Louis Blues from the time I was a child until my senior year of high school. And we went to every game together. So he would come home from work. We would get in the car and we would drive straight downtown. And in the spring, it would be the Cardinals. And in the winter, it would be the Blues. But yeah, like we were like that. That's what we did together. And he took Mm. me to... I mean, more games than you could ever. I mean, it, it was a blessing, truly. But back to the whole, you know, in a, in a long-winded way, the Kevin thing, we just had so many same life experiences. That doesn't matter if we think about basketball or some things differently. You know, we got a lot more in common, you know. Yeah, that was cool. Thank you for giving yeah. me that dive into your life there. Yeah, I yeah. I, was like, I, I, I never even talk about that, but it was – I do think – I've thought about it a lot recently – uh, especially with my own kids, you know, like, yeah, why, why things maybe it's my midlife crisis, huh? <laughs> maybe that's what we discovered here. We gotta go, right. Chris. I appreciate your time. Bro. We didn't even talk about baseball cards. I know we gotta wrap. I'm being told we gotta wrap. I bought, I and bought, you, yeah, let shit. Me hear what you've been buying. Otani, let me hear what you've been buying. I bought Otani. Oh, everyone tells me baseball is the smartest investment. I bought Otani. I bought Acuna's. Uh, he had another bomb last night. The Cardinals rookie, Dylan Carlson. I bought them all. Jeez. I love the Cardinals. Yeah. So they're a rookie. The only cards I've been buying, the last card I bought was for my producer, David Ingber. I got him a Tatum. I'm going to a card. I'm going to a card show this weekend. Really? All right. Let me know how it is. I want to know the vibes. I also, I- my main thing. My oh, main thing I want to know right now is how old are people there? Because if this keeps being young people everywhere, I'm going to get really bullish again. Uh, I just want to know the vibe of the room. If it's a lot of kids like your age, with like your son's age with like boots set up, I'm going to get excited. Well, you know what's hilarious? Every time I go there, all these people got boxes on sale. And I'm like, where the hell do you get these? All of them have like Walmart plugs. Like they're all like they've all got ends. They've all got ends with Walmart and Target, so they buy the things. They're buying these prism hanger boxes for twenty five bucks, and they're flipping them for a thousand. (laughs) Crazy. I had a guy the other day pulled a Lamelo silver prism raw because PSA you can't get nothing graded. Sold it on eBay for thirteen hundred dollars. God. Damn, that's so dumb. Believe that. Thirteen hundred. All right, we'll talk again. Chris, you're the man, dude. Thank you for your time. No, you're the man. Thanks, buddy.